0: So how on God's gray earth did this, With this weather, has
1: got down the house.
0: And this This my cigarettes
1: I haven't seen worst of it. Yet, I wanna talk Can you tell me I'm, I
0: love this become this. You installed a video camera of a bed in the bedroom.
1: You're listening to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This week on the panel we have...
0: Logan Renard. Matthew Marr.
1: And I'm Just a Punk Girl... Doing It Funky. My name is Scott Livingston. Uh, Small little bit. um, We were unable to figure out exactly who the artist was last week. Um, Some jazz bebop bass player. Um, Definitely not the cream of his class, but we're going to bring in an expert to help us figure it out later. So if you were hoping to find out, uh, stay tuned, (laughs) I guess. Because this week we have no guest, and instead we're going to be covering the heads only album, No Talking, Just Head. Um, Remember, we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and uh, Spotify if you want to subscribe or like or leave us a review. Um, Anyway, let's dig into this album. It came out in October of 1996, I believe. So um, who
0: are the heads?
2: They're the... The Talking Heads minus uh, David Byrne, huh? Or so,
0: right, right. Although apparently there is a another band called The Heads that has uh, several releases, but um, I'm not sure if they were around at the time. Did you spend yeah.
1: the last couple of days listening Did to
0: that, those, this Matt? came out, yeah. <laughs>
1: Did David Byrne bother suing that band, is yeah, the yeah, question. You have to wonder, yeah. Indeed, because um, that is... Well, so it's there. Jerry Harrison,
2: uh, Tina Weymouth, Chris Franz. Chris There's Franz no and...
1: Uh, Some guy on guitar. Else?
0: Well, it was a guy that they often had as a guitar player in the band. Uh, okay. Whose name is looting me at the exact Yeah,
1: minute. T-Funk or something like that. T-Blast Murray. And nice. he gets credit for co-writing all the music. Huh. So he clearly was the... Uh...
2: And then we've just got a shitload of uh, guest singers.
1: Yeah. Much like, um, say... In Excess, who had that reality show where they tried to find a replacement for Michael Hutchins.
2: When did that come out?
1: That was after uh, Michael Hutchins died. So clearly after this album was recorded, because he's on this album yeah, sometime yeah. in the 2000s when American Idol was popular. And we'll probably cover the album recorded with In Excess and J.D. Fontaine called <laughs> Switch at some point. But
2: well, no, On the drive over here, I was thinking to myself, the this sort of trope of um, the guest singer... It can be. I'm was trying to weigh out in my mind whether it's been done well or terribly. Like more often, I think it might be. You know,
1: it's, it's locked
2: so- in some sort of yin yang, eternal well, battle. Because like this is a classic where completely fucking out of ideas, and the best thing that we have going on on our record is that we have somebody who's not from our band on our record. Like, but then there's plenty of albums where people have done the guest vocalist thing and it's worked out fantastically, you know, and it seems to fall into one category or the other.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think the biggest problem with this one is, is not the, the guest vocalist. And I suppose this could be part of their, you know, yeah, exactly. deciding they didn't want to, they didn't want to have us, you know, a singular voice anymore in the band, yeah. Yeah. which is quite possible. But I think the biggest problem is it doesn't really hold together very well. It's, um, uh, there's not a whole lot of, um, Cohesion, yeah, cohesion between the, between the various tracks. I mean, certainly rhythmically it, it does, but it, you know, at times it's a kind of it's, but it's a little I, repetitive. If you've even. listened
2: to the Tom Tom Club record, you know, recently, or you know, the first one, at least that they completely made up on the spot. Yeah, you know, that thing is fantastic and endlessly more interesting. You know, and, oh, and yeah, it's also yeah. really simple and groovy and doesn't. There's not really that much. And It's one of the reasons that I've always liked the talking heads is because I, you know, partially due to their like post punky stuff and partially due to the funk thing, they're able to do a lot with a little. Like they they prove that you can have a badass awesome song where the bass line doesn't change through the entire song, yeah. you know, or you know they they do a lot with a little. Yeah, and so it's this one seems like them doing a little with like more than they needed
1: or. They never... So the question becomes: Since Chris and Tina already were the Tom Tom Club, why is this the Heads and not just Tom Tom Club featuring Jerry Harrison?
0: So fuck you to David Byrne. Well, that, yeah. there could, that could be a lot. <laughs> Pretty of, much. There could, well, well, one, it's it's a different it's a different concept, right? The, yeah. the Talking Heads was was definitely. I mean, they certainly had the art rock element to yeah. it, but they were they were always a, a pop band. They were always seeking, yeah. you know. Um, Chart representation, right, and and all that kind of kind of stuff, and so, so um, you know, I think this is a continuation of that. It's like it's not. Well, the TomTom Club
1: Club is more of a side project, defined as side project, right, right, right. It's right. The TomTom
0: Club's a a side project. It's also probably more is like this is just what we want to do. We don't have a particular agenda behind this. This um, here, here, you know, I think they are they are trying to to at least to a certain degree. Keep the spirit of the talking heads and I think that yeah. they uh, you know the three principal people that are that are on this this uh, album certainly were a huge part of the talking heads yes and it wasn't it wasn't like, all just David Byrne no right? although you know his voice is certainly very um, singular singular right and very recognizable so so it could be in part it could be a, a you know partly a vanity thing we want to prove that we can do this without yeah. him um, there's also the the uh, I don't know if any of this is true, it could be pressure from record companies saying, "Hey, you got a great brand here. Let's put out an album."
1: Yeah, that might be part of it too.
0: Um, you know, and and uh, or maybe that's what they said. We we yeah. have a great brand. Let's put out an album. Yeah, but, we
1: put out Tom Tom because they put out what this dark sneak love action like two three years before this, and that did nothing. Well, speak- I loved that album, but it did nothing.
2: <laughs> Speaking of somebody who was, you know. Uh, maybe just missing the target audience for buying this you know grew up in i was in you know middle school or something when when this came out and uh i remember a lot of people starting There's start as we're seeing 90s nostalgia now there was eight like early 80s nostalgia amongst my generation people were getting into the dead milkman and the um uh, violent Femmes, where there was a big, you know, Resurgent. nostalgia resurgence thing. And as they're definitely contemporaries of the talking heads, I wonder if whether, you know, pushed by, by a record label or, you know, just on their, you know,
0: well, and of their own, was, own free choosing, yeah. they
2: decided, Hey, we haven't done anything in a while. And people are starting to dig up the old stuff again. So let's,
0: well, and the music gets placed in television, right? You know, when, when young people watch a lot of television all people do. Yes. But um but uh you know, and so so they hear this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like, oh that was really cool. Yeah, the
1: psycho killer Burton on the house. Let's do mm-hmm. some more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Well and the the way that the David Byrne treated the rest of the Talking Heads towards the end may have uh because apparently David Byrne after the last Talking Heads album in nineteen eighty eight, just went on, you know, to do his solo projects as he is wont to do, and um didn't tell the rest of the band that they had broken up and they read about it like in the paper four years later, like, Hey, you could have at least told us we broke up. So,
2: yeah. And I mean, I have, I, I like David Burns music and I like the talking heads a lot with or without him. Sure. Um, but, uh, it pisses me off every time I read some story about, you know, Tina Weymouth having to re audition to be the bass player in the talking heads years into the, you know, well into their fame and stuff. And yeah, you know, David Byrne, you know, there's, there's conflicting stories, but on, I think on Remain in Light, there's a couple people who claim to have had, uh, you know, other people come in and re-record all of her bass parts. And it's just like kind of dickhead stuff. Cause like yeah, he, she's well, a he, great bass player and yeah. all the recorded evidence of her playing, you know, supports that. And so I think some of that yeah, I think David Byrne was a tough guy to be in a band with.
1: <laughs> well, and, and when this album came out, um, much like John Fogarty with Credence Clearwater... Creedence. Re- Creed- <laughs> Cletus, no <laughs> Credence Clearwater Revisited, where the rest of the band tried to go on without him, and he made them change their name, so they changed it slightly, and it wasn't enough, and so he sued them. Uh, I think it sort of burned any bridge for a possible top-dead reunion. Just,
0: uh, you know, yeah, and, and so... So uh, just the, the story a little bit is the, uh, they, they uh, make this album, or they're making this album. Yeah. Um, that uh, David Byrne claims that, that it's, it's too much, the heads is too much associated with the talking heads. Yeah. Well, and, it'd uh, be so, like the right. dead and sues them. not
1: being the grateful dead. Right.
0: And they, they, they sue, they, uh, he sues them, and they settle out of court. And I guess with this album, they were planning a big tour of all of this, but all the, the legal stuff... Um, you know, kind yeah, of I think a, they
1: still went on tour, they just couldn't release like the <clears throat> Right the C D or do any more albums. It, it didn't
0: it didn't have the you know the big push behind it that, that yeah. you know that they had hoped, I believe. But but um at the same time it, it's also, you know, like you, you mentioned Creedence Clearwater, but it's also essentially the same story but with a different outcome yeah. with uh with the Pink Floyd. Yeah you know, the, the Pink Floyd um uh, you know, break up and um uh you know none of them none of them are, are um you know they're speaking
1: to each other they're not
0: speaking to each other they're putting out solo albums that are doing modestly well yeah but the giant brand name is the pink floyd right and yeah. so so uh, three of them decided we're going to you know we're going to put that name on our music and uh, you know, uh, screw Sell Roger Waters. More. Yeah, Roger Waters sued them, but at the, but but what the court decided was is well, there's three of them and one of you. Yeah, so they like get seventy five percent of Pink right. Floyd, which is... makes me wonder why why you know it, it seems to me that that they could have had a very good case. Well, I think if you they had
1: called it the Talking Heads and not the Heads,
0: right? Right. The
1: Heads sounds like you're you're trying to cheat somebody like one of those. The incredible bulk, those mockbusters that come out. Because I think there was legally a sticker affixed to the CD that said, "This is not the Talking Heads. This is a different
0: band." Right. Right. Yeah. So very
1: specific.
0: This uh, is
2: this album is like the off-brand cereal. But what you know, I, I can't even
0: imagine what the damage would be though. I couldn't. I mean, I can't imagine that would have hurt his sales as David Byrne. Yeah. I think it could only help it, really.
1: You would think that, but you know, he also has control
0: issues clearly. Yeah, yeah. So It's like, yeah, maybe he just didn't want he didn't want the hint of his name being associated he with this. He didn't want
1: people to think he sounded like Johnette Napellatino or whatever.
0: Yeah, speaking of which, this is a this is a you know, they're talking about bringing in uh, you know a singer. They bring in this is like an yeah. all-star Holy of, shit.
1: This uh, lineup of, is yeah, uh, there's crazy. Not the same singer on any one of the what 12 tracks
0: of like 90s alternative rock. Yeah,
1: right? and and all but you know one or two are fairly well known as the lead singer of different bands, so you know. It would be like Mick Jagger singing with The Who or something. And the
0: one, didn't didn't she, was it the singer from The Concrete Bond? Didn't she tour with them? Yeah, she was the one the,
1: who uh, toured with them, and apparently it was a good show, and they did all the old Talking Heads hits with, you know, Johnette on lead vocals. Which
0: I, I, I just, that would that, be fun to see.
1: <laughs> I, I I searched YouTube, and there's not a,
0: well, nary
1: was, a scrap to be found. It
0: was, it was a short tour in the mid-90s. So. Yeah,
1: people did not have, video cameras affixed to their phones which fit in their pockets at that point so speaking of the damage this might have done to uh, david burns career shall we check out the uh, the first track damage i've done featuring vocals and lyrics and buzz guitar by johnette Napolitano of a uh, concrete blonde
0: wonder, where do I go from here? The moments missed, the ticking of time I suppose this life is mine, all mine I remember a time when my mind was clean
1: and clear
0: Right away, you know it's going to be something different and then it's not pretty much
2: this has so much in common with that Fleetwood Mac album like these songs are all like that i was thinking that when like, i was right listening to, to it, i'm still like waiting for something even just slightly cooler it could just keep doing this and it would be fine but yeah it gets there's, there's or, some
0: things on this that i like my <laughs> my biggest problem is that it doesn't really um fit
1: together it doesn't
0: fit together yeah, right The yeah. stuff
2: the stuff that's interesting is not meant to stand alone it's meant to be woven into a better song <laughs> I don't know Like,
1: I wonder if it would have worked better if they had done the record with Johnette or somebody on all the just, vocals uh-huh. as opposed to this sort of you get to watch the audition process
2: yeah you have to reset kind of every Yeah. I don't know there's that one Primus album that the uh... oh god which one is that they had a different producer on every song, and that was the gimmick, which makes it incredibly hard to listen to because it, you yeah, really I mean, have it, to reset yeah. every.
1: It's like listening to a compilation album. You got you just got to have your got to know that these are not meant to go together. Kind of.
0: And this this I thought was pretty talking hitsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song. I mean, and, particularly
1: and, if you. I mean, their last album was eight years before that, but that album Naked is very sort of of that dark, creepy vibe.
0: But but it is doing that that uh, sort of. Um, was very popular in the '90s. I think it still is. Where you, where you have the kind of pretty calm, quiety, quiety, you know, uh, verse, and then the screamy cor- loud, and then the screamy distorted, right? Yeah, chorus, chorus, yeah. right? Yeah. So the
1: uh, that is a the Nirvana popular effect, form of right? um,
0: the Pixies. Yeah, yeah, right. Has um, a right, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. In the man, the production on it sounds like the 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 garbage album. It does. It, it, it- sounds very. No, what what thing. does what does 1996 sound like, you guys?
1: <laughs> this is it. Yeah, sir. I mean, it was technically produced by the heads, but yeah, it sounds very much that ilk. I mean, Johnette here sounds actually a lot like, if you ever listen to Marianne Faithful's 1979 album, mm-hmm. Broken English, she's got the same sort of, I can't sing quite anymore, so I'm doing this sort of smoky chanteuse right, right. vocal over it, and then I will scream when it's necessary. <laughs>
0: So this particular song, is there any uh, um, is there anything notable about the lyrics?
1: Um, some of the songs are interesting lyrically, at least in comparison to the rather, you know, narrow <laughs> topics that David Byrne would write about. They are a little more explicit, a little more personal, a little more less, you know, <laughs> platonic ideals, and more about actual human beings. I think, but.
0: And then, and then, uh, who's the guy, the, the guitar player again? Um, oh, uh, T. Blast. Blast, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say Bam, but Blast. So uh, yeah. did Blast write the lyrics, or was the lyrics left up to the singers?
1: Um, well, much like many Talking Heads albums, like Remain in Light, what they would do is they would jam just instrumentally, then they would hand it over. used to be to David Byrne, but this time they handed it over to each of these various artists, and they would come up with...
0: They'd come up with something, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's why they had to get a guitar player to play with them because these, that's, you know, none of these guests play on the album, which I think is another reason why it doesn't work. So
0: it's like a Santana's Supernatural album. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> which which did work in commercially? I mean. Commercially, yeah. No, yes. I hate that piece of crap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's smooth. It's very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah,
2: no, I was bummed
0: <laughs> I
1: remember when that. I when did that came out close to this? Right? Yeah. 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 That Rob Thomas, he's a smooth criminal. Oh, if you
0: want to hop across the lake to the uh, Lakeview Lounge, uh-huh. the jukebox there. Uh, just sit down, you will hear smooth. Probably Guaranteed. sooner than later.
1: <laughs> That's a little scary.
0: <laughs> just oh boy. Just, just if you get a hankerin', is what I'm saying. So uh,
1: apparently, this song was so the stay uh, out of that place. <laughs> the first single from the album. So they they liked it enough to not only put it first on the album but promote it, which is kind of odd because it's a little of a slow burn of a song it's not a real catchy tune i mean no. the chorus is catchy but it takes a while to get to the chorus but and it's, it's got kinda, a, you
0: know it's got a good groove it kind of yeah you know i mean pulls you along. i don't know
1: if there's a better song for a single on this album but uh just interesting to note
0: so what else do we know about um other than the, as the singer of the concrete blonde what else do we know about Um, Not
1: much, really
0: I keep wanting to say Janet Napolitano
1: It's Johnette How many people are named
0: Johnette? Yeah, Johnette There's clearly parents who wanted a boy And were not
1: budging when she was born Johnette (laughs) John, John, uh (laughs) Johnina? If
0: it's a boy, we'll call it John If it's a girl, we'll call it John
1: Net Net. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shall we move on to the next track then?
0: Probably a family name
1: It could be the King is Gone this features in excesses Michael Hutchins doing the lyrics and vocals
0: the city Well a came unattached
1: Addiction was the latest
2: style in the faces
1: You go.
0: That was King Nothing by Metallica.
1: <laughs> King is gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. Not, they didn't try and hire. Not that anyone does sound like David Byrne, but they didn't encourage these singers to do like David Byrne
0: impressions. That was that was very. That was a wise move. I think.
1: Yes, I mean, I think of all the singers, he's probably the one who comes closest to David Byrne's natural how did I work this right, kind right. of stuff. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I These are what you said earlier about the, having the same singer throughout the whole album. Uh, yeah, that probably would have been a better, better move. Because you do have to reset. It's a whole different band. Yeah. Every song that comes up, it's like... Exactly, yeah. It's a whole different thing. It's like listening to a compilation album that's not particularly well sequenced. Yeah. And Right, I, it,
0: it, yeah. Or if, even if they had, like, a you know, not the same singer, maybe if they had some, you know, concept behind this is what we're trying to achieve and then yeah, pick to singers to do what needed to be done, you know, a yeah. more... No.
1: I mean, it almost feels like the um, soundtrack to The Wrecking Crew documentary where... The thing that's impressive is all these very different, unrelated artists is the fact the band is the same, but since it is promoted as the same band, it's not as impressive.
0: Right, right.
2: Yeah, again, I back to the idea that this is like a cry for help move by bands where it's like, all right, well, the best thing that we have to offer is like a bunch of ringers. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, (laughs) it sounds like they (laughs) they were... their friends too. I yeah, mean, I th- yeah. I think Most of them, some... at
1: least, you know, I know they played CBGBs in the early, early days when they were both complete unknowns, with like Debbie Harry and Richard Hell. So right, the right. fact they show up is not surprising. In excess, probably less so. That's more of a right. Band but he, they was, influenced. he was right. He, yeah.
0: They were on the scene, weren't they? Yeah. Blowing up around that time. Yeah, Maybe a little or bit earlier. Like yeah, late eighties, probably late like yeah. yeah, early nineties, yeah. And then when did when did Michael Hutchins, when did he uh, expire?
1: That I don't know. I'm not I'm not up on my NXS knowledge, but it may not be much long after yeah, I this. Yeah, it might not
0: have been. Yeah,
1: they seem to have vanished until that reality show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and after reality show.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that band just sort of, yeah it fell apart when yeah. he when he died.
1: The real question is, why didn't they go like the Doors did after Jim Morrison left and sing it themselves? I mean, Tina has a good voice. I mean, yeah. She sang, or at least Coralie sang on all the Tom Club stuff. Why didn't...
0: That's a good question.
1: Why did they feel the need to have someone?
0: Maybe they didn't feel they had a lyric writer. And they just associated the singer with the lyric writer.
1: Could be. Yeah, hired Bernie
2: Toppin. you know, Tim Rice. It seems like they made this thing <laughs> just for fun
0: could be. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: it seems like this, do you, do you guys want to go screw around in the studio for a while? Well, well it could. But it could,
0: could, we'll doesn't seem like they're having a real good time, But it does though. sound like there was a plan. It does It does seem it like there was a plan to, to make this a go of this and take a band on the road. Yeah. You know, and the whole, the whole kind if of... If it was for fun, right.
1: then, you know, when David Byrne came knocking, they would have just rolled over. But the fact that it turned into a suit, I mean...
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think they really wanted this to do something.
1: Yeah, but and it may have just been, you know, look, the Tom-Tom Club isn't paying the bills. We but gotta... uh, but I
0: would I would say that you could be right in that that's what they're doing. At least they're just having fun. Yeah, you know? at, the, but, it, yeah. At,
2: the, at least the way it's executed, right, musically speaking. Yeah. And all these songs, this one is a good example. I'm sure the next one will be a great example of like, man, it doesn't necessarily have a hook at the top, but it's got a good infectious groove. You're locked in. You're listening, and then it's like, all right, like hit me with like something. a badass chorus Anything. or screaming guitar solo or a good like some kind of hook yeah. that's not this thing that has been motoring along unchanged for the last two minutes, you know. And it's like you you make it, you know, three quarters of the way through most of these songs, like on the edge of your seat, waiting for something interesting to happen before you're like. I guess oh, that's it. Oh, it's probably not gonna. <laughs> probably, well, I mean, maybe it's probably the next not one. Gonna happen yeah. Yet.
1: Chris and Tina have been playing together for twenty some years it, by this point. Again, s-
2: simple is not bad. The first Tom Tom Club record is fantastic and is yeah. very, very simple. Yeah. You know, feels very loose, but is. I guess the the range of tempos and the range of dynamics that exist on that just blow this the hell out of the water.
1: And there's only like eight tracks on that album, as opposed to the twelve yeah. on this. But I like the
0: I like the uh, the sweeteners on this song, if you want to call it that. The yeah. uh, the 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 weird. I'm not sure what it is. Um, uh, distorted synthesizers or something. Yeah, it's that, probably you know, mostly
1: yeah. what Jerry Harrison brought right, to the, yeah. the, so the that, table. That, but uh, you know,
0: yeah. So there's you know there's there's definitely. Uh,
2: and I'm glad that they're bringing that shit into the '90s, where like nobody. Nobody was doing weird, funky synthesizer well, squeaks and squawks right. in, you know, and '90s I think, radio uh, rock. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the, you know, and that's, that's the, I mean, the best part of it, it really is the, the, you know, the, the, the music part of it. But yeah. like you said, it doesn't really seem, it doesn't seem to, um, well, there's, there's a pop element missing yeah. from the whole thing. And I, I, uh, I don't,
1: a hook or a chorus. Right, or and, I'm, yeah. and
0: I'm not a slave to that. It's like you don't have to make pop music, but if you're not going to do that, you should, you should probably try to do... Something else. Something else, right, yeah. exactly, right? This, which is, this which could is have not been a fantastic
2: doing. dub album if they'd recorded as they had and handed it over to somebody to, you know, to Laswell or somebody like that to... Right, right. You know, or, or uh, um, you know, Lee Perry, like, and chop just had up. them chop it up. This could have been really... Like, the source material... Yeah. For this is really cool. And I wonder if, I wonder maybe if they toned down the nineties production a hair, there might've been something more substantial there, but.
0: Well, I I imagine that has a lot to do, you know, I think production a lot or what we call production has a lot to do with both who the engineer is and the technology of the time. Yeah. So I think this was
1: engineered for
0: CDs. So it's, yeah. And I think, you know, and I think, you know, like when bands produce ourselves or even when they have a producer, I think they kind of had less to do with the sonic quality than than most people imagine.
1: Yeah, it's just what technology was available, and this is the right. best that you know. Things but in could terms sound of in terms
0: that. of arrangements and what's good, yeah, right, you know, and instrumentation. I think production can be a big a big element of that.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: But I mean, but I mean, like you know, in terms of instrumentation, this could be a Talking Heads album from the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but they like,
1: had pretty you know <laughs> consistent. You know, it's not a band that had people coming in and out. There was the forum, that was it. Well, I mean, they had the sort of extended flight talking heads where like Adrian Blue and Bernie Worrell would, you know, come on stage with them, but
2: Oh yeah, they had a huge band uh leading up to the, the movie. And yeah. before that they had two bass players for a while. Busta yeah. Jones was hired to teach I don't know, basically to replace Tina, I think, but she
1: Yeah she hung well. around. <laughs> Tina Tina kicks ass. She's one of my favorite bass players, but, you know.
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's sad to see, like, a band or musicians you really like sounding kind of like a lame version of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what this is like. I, I feel bad about saying that, but it's like, if you put this on for me and I, you didn't tell me what it was and I hadn't heard it before, I would be like, oh, two dummies that desperately want to be the rhythm section of Chris and Tina. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, aren't nearly adventurous or, you know, whatever. Yeah, enough. No, it just no. it sounds like a cover band version of a band you like. And it's like,
1: yeah, it's that pretty close. But
0: <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Shall we well, move on to the, the titular track?
0: Things may change here.
1: Yeah, you never know. Debbie Harry of the band Blondie. I noticed they only picked, like, singers who are used to working in other bands so that, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't be surprised. They didn't want any more solo artists like David Byrne to become, who was going to tell them what to do.
0: I think there's a there's a lot going on in this one, in this particular song. You know, a, uh, but um, uh, one thing I did notice, you know, listening to this on a, on a more proper stereo, um, it is, um, is bass-heavy. Yeah. bass frequency heavy uh you know i don't know if that was a 90s thing or not but i wonder it I does wonder,
1: sound very like nine inch nails in yeah i wonder way. if they were
0: shooting for um like uh, a club hit yeah a club hit right exactly yeah. something like that like like this was disco um well you know whatever disco is called now i'm yeah. not sure but right a club hit
2: man debbie harry is badass
1: debbie harry is badass yeah um,
2: I, I, when she started singing I was like, oh, somebody like, what's her name? Shirley Manson is the garbage. And it's like, oh yeah, that's like why Shirley Manson sings like that. That's why like a whole bunch of like people, a generation of vocalists sang, you know, sang like that. (laughs) And and
0: the character of her voice, it's more, um, I don't know, it isn't, I don't think it's just the production. I think it's, it's just a, it's, it's more um, present. Yeah. Uh, you know, then Johnettes is, I think, yeah, and um you know it could be partly the material that she's singing as well, but but you know, it makes the song yeah, so, so what do you think, um, you know this is this is the song, as you said, the uh uh no talking, no head, the name of the song and the album what do what do you think, aside from the obvious, yeah, is there any meaning behind this?
1: what are you talking about <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Yeah. apparently, this is the only song where they wrote the lyrics. Or at least Debbie Harry is not credited with writing lyrics, which makes sense because it'd be kind of presumptuous of her to come in and say, hey, I wrote a song about your band. Right, 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 exactly. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a dig at David Byrne or they just thought it was clever or, I mean, David Byrne seems like the type who is so sensitive that he would take it as a dig even if they didn't mean it. So they didn't bother to try and hide it. Or Right,
0: right. Well, I was just wondering if there was any kind of feed your head element to all of this, right? Yeah. Stop talking, use your, you
1: know. Yeah, just head. Well, you know. Use your brain. No talking just head sounds like the world's worst Tinder profile, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, guys, you're not going to get anything if you put that up there. Boy. Just yeah, saying. You, know,
0: you know what? That, that completely eluded me, the, uh, th- that angle. But... Now that I hear it, I'm not going to be able to think of anything else.
1: I, I wonder if it eluded them or they just, they enjoyed a good smutty joke. I mean, that is the thing is, David Byrne is a very tight, tightly wound, yeah, guy. And they may have just enjoyed the fact they could sing about
0: so Maybe just a dirty sex. joke. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are... You <laughs> love to I mean, you. at
1: some point she sings, a, I feel like a motherfuckingless child. And I'm like, well, there are there you go. I mean, they even end this song with, you know, make it fucking stop, which you know, probably isn't the best idea to end a song with, but, you know, particularly the, you know, manifesto song, because it did stop after this.
2: These, again, these all seem like they could be singles off of all completely different albums.
0: Right,
1: yeah. Right. I was going to say, if you were listening to a compilation of Debbie, Harry, and Blondie, or a compilation of The Talking Heads, this song would feel more at place with the... Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say that because, you know, the lead singer should not be the sole deciding factor of what makes a song, but on these tracks, it does. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it provides the uh, the kind of edge, at some in some cases, better than others, but that's, that's kind of The Talking Heads formula is like a really, you know funk-inspired, dancy like, rhythm section thing that's in, you know, perfect lockstep.
1: With, with tightly with, wound David
2: Byrne. But with something really...
1: Spazzing on top.
2: Yeah, spazzing on top. Something really, you know, organically crazy and rough going on in juxtaposition to the, you know, the perfect grooviness. Yeah. And so this, I don't know, this album overall could use a little bit... A lot more of the the squirrely shit. They've got the the lockstep groovy thing taken care of. They can do that all day, but without the other thing mashing up against it. And I think that's why, yeah, Debbie's voice fits well because it's a little bit
1: well. And she's kind of used to that yeah. role because she. That's pretty much what she did with Blondie. Is she was the she was the David Byrne being the not quite tightly wound, but you know.
0: I wonder and, if. um I wonder if they would have stuck, well, you know, since it is yeah. the name of the album after all, I wonder if they would have stuck to this theme, um, would have, I don't know if that would have made it better. Yeah. You, well.
2: you, you remember how hard it is to get guests for this podcast. Matt? Yeah, <laughs> say, They'd run out. They'd give up real quick. Yeah, that is true. But you, you know, uh, they get like an EP farther into the next one. But you know, cause is, this,
0: this, the, the lyrics in this one, you know, they're the, you know, some of, some of the songs, obviously I like better than others, but th- this one has an edge to it. Yeah. That say the the last couple did not.
2: Yeah. Well, if, if you would were to describe the Talking Heads as punk rock disco, that's you can kind of just yeah I sim- buy that. Simpli- uh, this ain't no disco. As you know, uh, you got you know half half punk, half disco, and it's like this album is light on the punk. It's yeah, just a bad disco album.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is it's a little light on the punk, but this has but Debbie seemed to have brought a little of that here. Oh yeah. So,
1: well, shall we pressing on to a uh, what we got here? Never mind. With Richard Hell, speaking of punk. Yeah. Richard Hell of the Voids. Hmm. Where have I heard a drum beat like that before?
2: It would be hilarious if they did an album that was like talking heads, like talking heads hits, but like a note or two. Sound alikes? <laughs> yeah, if they did sound alikes of.
1: I think David but, Byrne would have more of a case at that point. That would
2: be a bet. Ba- nope, nope, they gotta get with the lawyer to figure out how, just how different <laughs> they need it.
1: Think yeah. They hire Richard Hall to do a David Byrne impression on top? Yeah. You may ask yourself is this technically the different band
0: my uh, my first thought about this song when i listened to it it just came back to me instantly as we listened to it again i was thinking of, um, of um, amphibious jones this really sounds like amphibious
1: oh yes so if you haven't heard amphibious jones definitely I, I, yeah i'm sure there's some somewhere somehow
2: and if if you haven't listen to much richard hell go go get the uh um the blank generation by richard hell and the void Orleans.
1: it's fantastic nice. i
0: think it's that song they have what is it, the yeah
1: the sign of the dollar the sign of
0: the dollar that's it yeah yeah
1: money yeah. money money check money. it out the yeah. sign of the
0: dollar yeah. but um uh that um you know the baseline obviously um, well, maybe not obviously This is a vivid memory I have Who knows how accurate it is As memories are wont to be mistaken But yeah. uh, it, it must have been uh, Late in my elementary school career Maybe the beginning of my junior high school career um, The Talking Heads came on Saturday Night Live Back when Saturday Night Live was new Yeah And the music was, was always weird Because yes. they couldn't afford, you know
1: <laughs> Miley Cyrus's R- R-
0: Miley Cyrus, right? And so The Talking Heads came on I never heard them before, and they did play uh, "Take Me." Their their strange, you know, um, version of "Take Me to the River." Yeah, um, um, Al Green, which became very iconic, right? Their version of it does, and yeah. and uh, you know had that that bass line to it. And I just remember thinking, you know, a couple of things like how weird they are. I love that bass line so yeah. much, and and that this is really, really. Um, I didn't know this is what music was. Yeah, or could be, or could be right. Exactly, you know. I thought it. I thought it, you know, to make something sound like that, I thought you had to be, um, you know, I don't know, um, have long hair and, you know, have lots Beards. of lights and yeah. smoke and whatever, right, right, yeah. You know? and, and there's these goofy, goofy people on stage on
1: polo shirts and khakis, right,
0: and that look like they, they, uh, you know, bought their clothes at a thrift store or something, and, yeah. and uh, not
2: forget making the making
0: great music.
2: Um, the B 52s were under similar territory, like early on, with the yeah. the kind of combination of weird, you know, toy instruments and almost Afro BD type.
0: Yeah, you yeah I, know. Always, I always thought they were more shticky, though. You know, yeah. I mean, it, I mean it, just in terms of their, I, I mean, their I agree future with you. Retro, but, 50s. Yeah, but I, I think they were they were very consciously doing that. you know, yeah. I, I think I think the talking. Well, I think heads, the Talking
2: Heads were, were too. I think. Oh, oh, I
0: think I think they were, but I I don't think they were. I mean, They're art school
2: students, you know. Right, they know what they drawing were. from
0: the same, but palette. they they weren't like you know kind of the. Uh, You know, making fun of the commercial with, you know, holding up, you know, toothpaste with a gigantic smile. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was more, um, uh, well, just, I don't know. They were, they were more serious, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Deliberately. Yeah. Minimalistic. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not taking anything away from the B-52s. I was just saying that, the. um, you know, I don't think, I don't think I could be wrong about this. I don't think, uh, but the, the talking heads, I don't think they were retro.
1: No, no. They were trying to be very futuristic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no, well, and that, and the they, talking heads I mean,
1: if, always seemed a lot more serious and the B-52s seemed a lot more fun.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, even
1: their biggest like dancey hits are, are, you know, about like the government is controlling us and buildings are food and shit like that. So.
2: Yeah, no, well, I'm just trying to think of other stuff, Uh, you know, we we have like weird peruubu stuff and, you know, of course they all came out of the same kind of no wavy, you know, James Chance sort of thing. So they've seen this done, but they are just the first ones to kind of package it in a uh, um, consumable, (laughs) (laughs) in a pre-digested paste. Um, yeah, something. No, the, no offense, that's a well, that's yeah. a compliment. Yeah, and I mean the the
0: Devo parallels have, are pretty pretty oh, strong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, they, they all come out of that scene too, right? That, yeah, that,
1: you know. I think all three of their first albums came out like within months of each other. Yeah. in '77.
2: And, yeah, and while Eno's not immediately involved in the Talking Heads, he is
1: intimately involved. Pretty
2: soon, you know, yeah. throughout their career, so.
0: Yeah, and they were in, in early on, you know, before they did go for the the big giant band thing, they um, they were a punk band.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they played CBGBs just like you know any other punk yeah. band.
0: Back but when punk meant you could do anything you wanted. Yeah,
1: punk was more of a. a That's uh, not what that means. A style <laughs> like as opposed yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. A st-
0: yeah, right. As opposed to a specific style.
1: Yeah. Well, shall we move on to the the big bang or whatever the next one is? No, No Big Bang. 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 No! No. Bad Big Bang. Stop it.
0: Who's our singer now?
1: This is uh, Maria McKee, who is best known for singing in Lone Justice, the country rock band. Clearly. Apparently, just anyone who showed up at Talking Heads Karaoke got a shot. They didn't... I think That's part of the problem is they didn't like dovetail their songs for the singers, the singers <laughs> were just plopped on top, which is why they're so incongruous. If they've written something that made sense for Maria McKee, then
2: yeah, it definitely feels like karaoke. Yeah, it's really, really good karaoke, but
1: yeah, this is like the first really upbeat track we've had, though. They've all been kind of like slow, slinky creepy numbers up till this so
0: I guess those breathy vocals never go out of fashion
1: no no it's a it's a preset filter on your uh, Pro Tools you just have to accept it god
2: (laughs) yes I think we're in the time of like Pro Tools taking like 20 hours to, like, render a project and do some <laughs> yes. automation and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so it's, so it's almost not... faster
1: to rewind the analog tape. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, Maria McKee is the only um, musician who actually played any instruments on her track. She played, like, guitar and synths,
2: so. Oh, cool.
1: Which, again, well, this, this song trucks along. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad song. And, I mean, and, nothing on here is horrible.
0: And, and you know, again, again, uh, uh, lyrically, there, there's not... Um, I mean, there's, there's stuff to sort of make you think a little bit. It kind of yeah. grabs you in. It's got some creativity going on. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a, a big message, and it's no. not really helping you to figure out what the rest of the album well, it, it is has trying not, to do either.
1: I wonder if anyone who sang on this knew what the other people who were singing on this were writing about. So well, they, yeah. could they have even like, right. tried to make a cohesive album if you know they're all working in the dark separately, independently?
2: Well, if this was indeed planned, like we were, were talking about, it seems like they maybe toned down some of, you know, didn't tailor the vocals too incredibly specifically because if they were going to go out and tour this stuff, they needed the one person to be able to sing. Yeah, you can't do it yeah. with of all work. Yeah. And so,
0: Well, and the thing is, like, when it comes to planning, I don't think the planning is was for the music as much as the project. Right, yeah. right. Like, we're going to go, we're now going to be the... The non-talking heads, but the, but the Talking more I, right, yeah, yeah. I
2: listen to it, and the more I, I kind of realized that, oh, if they if they were going to hit the road with this material, they knew they needed to be able to kind of do it, yeah, in a self-contained well, unit, and you know that. So the, none of the vocal parts have like an impossibly high or impossibly low part, or you or, know anything yeah. like that. Just any anyone who can kind of sing sing, sing these. Can sing those. I, I
0: got the impression too that that um, you know before before the lawsuit kind of derailed everything, that they had much bigger ambitions for the tour. Like they were going to have perhaps multiple singers. Yeah. Um, or, you know, probably not all of these or not all of the same ones, but yeah. that they were going but to... But um,
1: maybe they'd go into a town and, and hire a local guy to be much as, you know...
0: Do a couple <laughs> right? Of, right, right, do the Richard Hell song, right? That's my maybe, dream. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, day when day now.
1: David Byrne and, and St. Vincent toured, they would just... Pick up a local band to be their backing band each stop. Usually mm. a, a marching band for some reason. I odd tour. <laughs> I did not see it.
0: Well, if he likes that precise, you
1: know. Yeah, he's really big into color guard now. Um, he's a really? he's an odd duck. That oh yeah, he directed like a whole documentary about how exciting color guard is. You know, I love David Byrne's music, mm. but man, he tries my patience sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Bless his little heart. But, you know. Well, shall we move on to the next one? Here's the next one. Weakness. This is the uh, second single off the album.
0: Who is our singer?
1: Uh, We have uh, Sean Ryder from the Happy Mondays.
2: Oh, no shit.
1: Yeah. Well, apparently Tina Weymouth produced a Happy Mondays album shortly before here. So there we go proving that not David Byrne wasn't the only one interested in world music we got some hand percussion but then again we get back into that sort of Nine Inch Nails crunchy
2: this is it's just a Happy Mondays song
1: yeah I mean the other vocals are by Paul Kermit leverage who i think might be the other vocalist in happy mondays i'm not real sure yeah
2: what's the he
0: who's like their hype man
1: i think that's him paul kermit yeah
0: yeah i don't know anything really about the happy mondays you're not missing
1: much
2: i'll refer you to the uh the movie uh 24 hour party people can i just
1: listen to this Yeah, this is plenty.
2: That movie's better than this. I would skip this and watch the
0: movie. Watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think part of the problem if all these songs are originally just jams that they added vocals to is there's not a lot of parts. There's just, you know, the one thing and then the chorus thing. Yeah. And so these songs get repetitive really fast even though they're all about four or five minutes, they seem too long.
2: How much ecstasy do you think they were doing? Uh,
1: I don't <laughs> think, a- I think, you know, Chris and Tina were going to bed at a reasonable hour by yeah. this point in their lives, but... Uh,
0: uh, yeah, who knows? That's, um, yeah. Kind of like, um, it
2: sure seemed like it was under the influence of Club drugs. Yeah.
0: Kind of like, yeah, Guns and Roses with a disco beat.
1: <laughs> Which is what everybody wants.
2: <laughs> you didn't know you didn't want that
1: until... <laughs>
0: yeah, until you Don't that worry, started. we'll get to Chinese democracy
1: <laughs> eventually. Um, oh, yeah, Sarah's excited to do that. That one. is, I, I played a few tracks, and man, that's well, going to be it. You,
0: a... know, you know, the thing is, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm mocking the style, but at the same time, it, it, that's not why this is not a good song.
1: No, well, there, you can do a good song in this style. The this is just tepid. Yeah, I don't know if they thought this would be commercial or they just thought it'd be an interesting challenge, but it doesn't fit anyone very well.
0: And I think you're right too. If this was a if this was a two minute, thirty seven second song, it would probably be fine. Right, like you said, it got it.
1: Yeah, cool. But there's no like guitar solos. There's no bridges. There's no nothing else happens. It's just these vocals and that groove for. Five minutes
2: well, like right. with
0: the ecstasy it would be
2: yeah, yeah the happy mondays were a live like club band yeah and, for you know in uh 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 you know from the hacienda club originally but you know they toured a bunch but they pretty much were like live music for a rave so it's just some kind of loud bassy beat you so know they sort of you tailored can, this that song you can wobble to and and uh and like like I said, not really a singer, more like a hype man, just like amping up the crowd. Did and they that's... tour a lot
0: with Andrew WK? Maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. <laughs> Who's asking? There is no
1: Andrew WK. What do you mean? <laughs> it's all in your mind.
0: Yeah, I can see that, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much what a club. I mean, that's why you know when that's why there was. Uh, you have those extended mixes of songs. Right? Yeah, right. You just put. You put Five something on of filler in between, you know, the songs, so that you have more time on the dance floor.
2: Again, this is extra frustrating because both the Talking Heads, especially later Talking Heads, and the Tom Tom Club have done this very successfully, you know, ten years earlier. Yeah. And so it's it's weird to hear them come back and do it lame.
1: Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> then again, it had been eight years. Maybe they're just out of practice. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps.
1: I mean, Jerry Harrison die before they get
2: old or something you know, like that.
1: Put out a solo album in 1990, but since then he has been pretty much just a producer. So,
2: pretty sure these guys might have been around my age when doing this. So, Could any well any be. of my uh,
1: <laughs> well jokes we?
2: about uh, the the old shouldn't try to rock are you know
1: yeah the older than me shouldn't try to yeah rock. right the cutoff age is three days above my age. Well,
2: well that's how it works, right?
1: Exactly. Hope I die before I get old. Err.
2: To be revisited next year.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Are the Who coming again?
1: <laughs> who? Well, shall we do No More Lonely First Nights? Base. This is a song by Paul McCartney from the Give My Regards to Broad Street
0: soundtrack. Two no, it's not. stories. I was thinking Chris
1: Isaac, but Oh there you go. So um Apparently this is sung by Malin andnette who does not have a Wikipedia page. No I can find no information her. about her. I google her and all I find are links to
0: in this album. She, she has
1: nothing on Spotify.
0: So she went to the pet store but felt stupid. And came home with a goldfish. So,
1: I have no idea how she, maybe she just worked at the studio they were at. Maybe she's a family friend.
0: The name is I do not
1: know how she got on this album.
0: This one's kind of This might be better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is like a, what is it? The gift on the Velvet Underground record yeah, or something. Yes, it's, it's like Pretty good. Uh, I like the chorus on the bass.
0: Right. It's, yeah. Well, and she has that sort of Yeah, it's,
1: sort of that, you know, and you may ask yourself kind
0: yes, of you right?
1: vocal delivery, but, you know, the lyrics are way out of anything David Byrne was, I mean...
2: Like a sleazy story over a sleazy groove. I
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it starts out, she's watching bestiality porn, so she goes out and buys a goldfish and names it Superman, and then smears chocolate all over herself because she heard it's good for sex. It's, yeah, interest, these are not lyrics that David Byrne would feel comfortable reading, much less singing.
0: I wouldn't mind a whole album of this. Yeah. yeah that's not bad.
1: I was going to say of all of them, you know, she's the one with the least uh, baggage attached to, so you're the least like, oh, this sounds like an excess, or oh, right. this sounds like the violent fans. The expectations hands. are, are, once you know are who different, is, yeah.
2: Once you know who the singer, once you clock who the singer is, man, like you can't not hear... Yeah. Their other stuff, their, their body of work.
1: Yeah. Because they, to they it. did not pick, like, anonymous singers. They picked people with personality, which oh, yeah. makes sense considering, you know, what they were used to working with. But I think it that's part of why it's so distracting. Part of why you can't ignore the singer.
0: You know,
1: Gordon Gano sounds like Gordon Gano. Does he live in Denver? He might. Uh, But you know, it's it's a fun song. You know, at least the lyrics are interesting enough that it makes the rather repetitive five minutes of music. It
0: would go well in somebody's mixtape. Yeah. Yeah. For your birthday I'll give uh-huh. you scissors. Whatever kind of <laughs> Just a random mixtape they want to make.
1: Right? <laughs>
0: you know, so if you got a sweetheart <laughs> this is one you should put on
1: there. Oh yeah, yeah. Is Nothing wins right? them over like yeah. hot enough to keep you warm when A goldfish named Superman. Um, yeah. There's mm. all sorts of stories. It was worth it. I, I
0: like how Superman, he, the goldfish returns in the story. It's yeah. Something. No,
1: it, it's one continuous story. It isn't a series of Vignettes. Check off the goldfish.
0: <laughs>
2: well, um,
1: now See, I
0: bet she's a poet.
1: Yeah, You don't even know it. Well, let's go on to the worst choice of lead singer on this album: Indie Hair, featuring Ed Kowalczyk of Live. Or live. 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 Live.
0: Live. 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 Yeah. live. <laughs>
1: But
2: they live. I saw them a couple of times.
1: Yep. They're throwing copper.
2: Yeah, I know. You had to watch out. Get hit in the head.
1: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like exactly what it is—the lead singer of Live singing over a Talking Heads song.
0: Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with their Ubra. You're you've heard, not. you heard much.
2: a song, maybe not as bad as he. Yeah. Uh, there's worse offenders, but uh, yeah. he was sort of champion of the ah,
1: air, air, everything's an air, ah sound oh, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah, not as bad as, like, corn or anything, but sort the of The Stone of Temple that. Pearl Jam thing. Yeah, uh-huh,
2: exactly. That. In fact, I his voice is much better than uh, A lot of Pearl them. Pearl Jammy guy. What's his name? Eddie uh, Vedder. Eddie Vedder, yeah.
1: We'll have to do Eddie Vedder's solo album of ukulele songs sometime.
2: I will cause... not be <laughs> present for that. <laughs>
1: Uh, mostly i bet it's it's dark yeah Yeah. mostly i remember this band because uh they had a video for a song and you know as usual the guitars and the basses are miming mink and uh the singers up front singing and dancing but they didn't set up a drum set for the drummer So the drummer is just going nuts in the background trying to figure out what to do with himself. He's like dancing. He's like doing karate chops. He's jumping off of walls. That's pretty fun. Yeah, and he's clearly in the background. No one's focused on him, but it is fascinating. Once you notice him, you're like, oh, man, he has no idea what to do in a song if he's not playing drums.
0: I could cut your hair, but it costs too much.
1: Yes. So you get a flowbee. That's the thing is he's a guy who shaves his head, so
0: one of my good uh, music buddies
2: back in the day has a, a a childhood memory of of uh of uh being high on acid and going home and his stepfather had just gotten a flobe and was eager to cut his hair with it and it was uh An experience pretty intense.
1: <laughs> How were there not just lawsuits after lawsuits from that thing? It just sounds like you're asking to get yourself hurt. It's like <laughs>
0: And I bet it worked really well. Um, mm. Well, yeah, these are you Flo-be know these, these are these are you know um, I I don't know. It sounded to me like there's an attempt to be surrealistic or, or yeah. He's or, going for
1: that got a job kind of vibe. So he's he he understands he's trying to do a David Byrne lyric. He's just bad at it. Cause, yeah, he's just
0: bad at it. Yeah, because
1: David Byrne would never say DIY this bush. Yeah. <laughs> Because that is just disturbing. Even if he's referring to his head afro and not some other bush, that is still disturbing.
0: Maybe um, what's the what's the little trees that you trim?
1: Oh, the bonsais? bonsai. Bonsai. <laughs> Maybe that there was his go. reference. <laughs> well, not
0: with clippers. <laughs> oh wow! Who's going to invent the the bonsai flowy? Well, you know, no goofy and fun. I I do enjoy.
1: Yeah. I think that's what they were going for. I don't think they quite succeeded, but I admired the attempt. It's another yeah.
2: one that is, sounds like karaoke. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This, this, this would have been a better B fifty two song.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I cut my hair. <laughs> it was some DIY that guitar guitar Bush. Off. Yeah. <laughs> it really? It. Yeah. I, I think we're we're onto something here. Well, shall we? We should be producers. Hmm. Punk Lolita.
0: Yeah, I like I like the vocals on this one. Yeah, maybe they should have done more of that. Done sort of a
1: yeah,
0: well it would have been a Ronettes kind of thing, you know? Yeah,
1: well that's pretty much what the Tom Tom Club does. Is they've always got two or three female vocalists. In fact, I think when Tom Tom Club toured back in 2010, they included this song in their set list because. Pretty much is. Why not? Yeah. I mean, clearly Tina can write lyrics as good as anyone else on this album, which is not an extraordinarily high bar, but so I, again, why didn't just let Tina sing lead and have this be a three piece
0: album? Well, again, to me, the lyrics have. I mean, it's not a song, but no. it, has, it has meaning though, right? Because it, it particularly to that particular group of people, right? Right. It's like that's that's who they are. Certainly, that's who Tina was. Right? Yeah. She's a girl playing funk music. Yeah. So it's like why not yeah. have that, right? I mean, that's that's a that's a good kind essence of, of yeah trope in popular music anyway. A little autobiography, to sort of. Yeah. Yeah,
1: this one was cool.
0: I'm just a girl. Yeah, yeah. Just a, I
1: kissed a girl, and I liked it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, right? right? I got nothing. <laughs> there you uh, go.
0: Yeah, why didn't they get a, you know, a, a, what is it, Christina M. like what What's her name from the Divinals? Oh, yeah. Christine, the, I can't remember her name.
1: That would have been, that would have worked. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or yeah. That would have been that time period of Sure, well, yeah.
1: What was she doing? I'm sure she couldn't have been that. They got she,
0: one Australian. They could certainly get another one. Indeed
1: no you're only allowed one australian per album this they could
0: have put a kangaroo on the cover it would have
1: there you go that's not an album
0: <laughs> the heads down under
1: well no, i think that's a, a porno yeah.
2: film <laughs> innuendo title too see
1: yeah it's come just, on
2: david Byrne has works. denied us of just All years right. of
0: uh, <laughs> Smitty, <smuddy, laughs> <puns>. <laughs> double entendres. Ah, uh, uh,
1: sad. Uh, this, this is, yeah, not a part of the rest of the record, and it's fine track, but again,
0: it might be the best one. I, I think so.
2: Yeah. I think this is my favorite one.
1: Well, it's what they're used to doing. Yeah, uh, you can tell that this is something they're comfortable with, as opposed to some of these others. Right, right. Well, it's
0: them doing it, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Again, that helps. You know, somebody who is familiar with the song before they wrote the lyrics. So shall we do the uh, Roy Orbison cover, Only the Lonely? Featuring Gordon Gano from Violent Femmes, who does have the sort sort of twitchy nervousness to his persona, so I can see why they reached out to him, but... Of slow songs on this album but not a lot of actual ballads, which
2: is kind of not oh, choice man. well we mentioned before that they're not super great
0: about writing those lyrics. So No. It's like oh, you got me wrong song, right? Yeah.
1: What a, what a new and interesting concept for <laughs> pop music in general, and Gordon Gano specifically.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, poor Gordon, I don't, think his, uh, I don't think his voice really works in this context. No. This could
2: be a late period Violent Femmes thing. That would I, be really cool as a late period Violent Femmes thing, yeah. but uh, I, I think if there were two or three more songs after it with him also singing...
1: It would, well, and you'd be prepared. Gordon works best yeah, that when he be. starts at this sort of nervous energy and then it ramps up to, you know...
0: Well, I just think there's too much going on and his voice doesn't really... It, it's What he's singing, it needs to be... The sparse. music needs to be more subdued. Yes. Right, to make yeah. that to Which make is that why it works live. so
1: well with the Violent Femmes, which yeah. is about as stripped down as music gets.
0: So and it's like, a, yeah, so it's just a...
1: And it doesn't build up to anything. It, he starts at this level of tense and it just rides it for the whole whatever four minutes yeah you're right
0: there's a there's a kind of a, a
1: if he you know got more twisted and then had like some sort of nervous breakdown in the middle that would be right. it something makes
0: you, it it makes you irritated yes with its tenseness. Uh, 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 just <laughs> shit can. already right. so
2: even like the one the one before the the one that sounds like Tom Tom Club even that song is very sparse, you know, or that song is very sparse. Yeah. And like when they're very, when the groove is very sparse and they leave a bunch of, of, of space for the singer or guitarist or, you know, lead instrumentalist to do their thing, it totally works and it's great. But most of these songs have just too much shit. It, I, yeah, I swear this it is like a, this is a mid nineties thing. I don't know if it's the dawn of you can have as many tracks as you want kind of shit, but it's just like there doesn't need to be four the talking heads are proof that you can create a really funky and you know kind of a catchy square square wheel kind of afrobeaty groove yeah with like a drum kit a bass guitar and a rhythm guitar that's all you need so a lot of these where there's like five synthesizers in addition to that stuff it's like no that's not helping you that's not it really <laughs> well, does work it really does work again, you know. Even when electric guitar comes in, like on that one, like it's this the fuzzed out, like "fuck you, Billy Corgan," you know, for having to deal with that on everything, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's you, like just bulldozes right. everything in its path.
0: Did um do you, do you think? You know, I know you said they 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 jammed on this stuff and then kind of had the singers. You know, right on top, right of on it. top of it. Do you think they actually recorded it first? I mean, did they have like I the th- songs done? Yeah, and then, well, yeah? I mean,
1: that's what they used to do back in the days of like Remain Enlightened or stuff. Is they would record the album. David Byrne would go to a dark room for three hours with his, you know, scissors and his typewriter, and then come back and finish the album but yeah
2: so I mean you could make yeah. the argument that they don't need a songwriter so much as they need somebody in the band who's competent of arranging yeah where that necessarily intersects right, right. with well, songwriting is you know up for debate but I mean we're going to talk about the shitty clash record coming up soon but you know one of the fantastic things I think the, it's crappy yeah yeah the crappy technically yeah. it uh-huh. is it is crappy thanks yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that that was one of the the you know, the clash things was the that Joe Strummer could write a million words and a million songs, but they were you know, as long as they were all the same three chords in the same order, and then uh, you know, Mick Mick Jones was the guy who was like
1: Took that yeah, great, raw great element. words,
2: great, but it's gonna be in this key, it's gonna have this groove. We're gonna when do it something. So this different. part, you're gonna play this, and I'm gonna play that. You know, he did the arranging that really turned it into music. And they don't seem to have anybody minding the ship in that regard on this.
1: I, I could see that. I could see that sort of being you know what David Byrne needs from them and what they need from David Byrne is you know yeah yeah,
0: and maybe like you said, someone minding the ship, maybe someone needed to be uh, all over these singers a little more too. Yeah, you know like like look, there's not enough room for you to have that lengthy you know verse there.
1: yeah, right you, you, you know. got you got 10 seconds here, maybe right counts, right exactly. And you've yeah, got yeah. let us shine.
0: <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, but who knows? I mean, who knows how it was ultimately...
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was labored over or if it right. was just sort of tossed off and like, hey, we could call this heads and get it over with. Well, the next song is uh, Paper Snow featuring Andrew Partridge of the Partridge family or XTC, the Dukes of Stratosphere.
0: Fatty, wedding, Did they have to lock him in a closet to get him to sing?
1: I I don't think he leaves his house. They may have just mailed him the tapes.
2: I was was listening to this again this morning, and when this came, Molly was like, turn this
0: off.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Mole (laughs) She was like, what are you doing? Come on! It's ecstasy. I mean, it kind of is like that is, song Popsicle. It's this is groovy. ecstasy Yeah, but yeah. I have no idea what a paper snow as one word is.
0: I think anything would have helped. You know, like, even, even with this, like... I was just trying to think if I were to organize a project like this Yeah. I you know, just say I'm going to get random or not random you know singers I, to I, sing get right?
1: my 12 best friends to come in and each do you know, one I,
0: I think I would I would be compelled to do something like this is a album about you know, vampires. You yeah. Know. yeah. This is something. A, this is an album about muscle cars. Whatever, it, right? Yeah, you know, something. Just,
1: right? Or at least, you know And then
0: you can get all these different takes on. Or a, get
1: the first three yeah. to write it and say, oh well here's this is a, a common theme yeah. I should they could this have, is have brought in Superman about a couple more times. We hate times David a few Byrne, right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, right?
0: you know. Yeah. But uh because yeah, this this is, you know, I, I think it's I you know, I don't necessarily hate it. I don't hate the vocals at all, yeah. but but I don't really I don't know why this fits on this album.
1: It doesn't, but nothing fits on this album. Right There's no single song you couldn't remove from this album and have the rest of the albums: I don't give know you the it
2: doesn't effect. really hold up without uh, <laughs> yeah, no. with,
0: without Andy Partridge. Yes. I wonder how they I, just I'm just curious it would be I wouldn't mind reading a little a little you know story behind this album. like how did they pick these people? How did they get them? You yeah. Know. I'm curious. but we're never going to get behind the music because. Um, because this was it. it, it and well, it because also, they
2: stopped doing those like twenty years ago.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well. Uh, right. Or <laughs> that whatever. Whatever the current. Whatever the yeah. current. You know. Exposes are but just because this was a flop, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like in the Wikipedia page there is a one sentence paragraph that just <laughs> yeah. says. This album received negative reviews. Yes, <laughs> and three citations afterwards. Oh shit!
2: They're talking about us, man.
0: We're famous. <laughs> well, I, 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 by the way, I checked. I checked one of those citations, and it's a broken mic. So,
1: well, maybe maybe we can give this some some. It doesn't say it only received negative reviews. It didn't say it received oh. scathing, but just the sentence: "This album received negative reviews." Period. I mean, that could be applied to. Uh, I think even Sergeant Pepper got at least one. No, you Pretty good,
2: nice. uh, you know. Uh, a good album, a good band name that album go. received negative reviews. That's <laughs>
1: solid. Well, shall we move on to the the ultimate, the final blue blue moon of Kentucky, <laughs> featuring Gavin Friday of the blue Virgin
0: moon. Prunes. I saw you standing there.
1: One of the least famous. I kind of wonder why they didn't reach out to some less famous acts. Did they think having Debbie Harry would sell more? Or.
2: Maybe, well, and Blondie's. Not doing much at the time. No.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of these bands, I think NXS was sort of in a fallow period. I think they're all
0: kind of done. Violent yeah.
1: Femmes were sort of going into one of their off again periods.
0: Right, right. I,
1: I Maybe saw... they thought they were helping all these people out. Like, you'd be on or, a Or they were free. Free. Yep.
0: Yeah. Let's call that's all our who friends. Is, and yeah, this who's is in the neighborhood. Yeah.
2: Well, if you think about it, it's hard, to, if, you know, if you're trying to track down famous singers and, you know, famous musicians, like, you know, people with, t- you know, top 40 hits or yeah. people who are very notable as, as singers, they're probably busy. Usually. They're probably on tour. So to, to round up a yeah. whole bunch of them for...
1: I don't know, Dallas Green seems... got pink to do a whole album with him.
2: Yeah, but that's one person. It's not like 12, you know, famous.
1: (laughs) Okay, what about this song? This is the closest to a ballad on the album. Again, I don't understand ending albums on ballads, but I guess that's just me because it's... Seems to be a thing that happens a
2: lot. This whole album sounds like uh, really hip elevator music. There you go. This
0: song especially. Yeah. Yeah. This like, is a, a drowsy song to say the least. I think like, ripping off of what, the, what you said earlier, Logan. I think this would be uh, this would be a good album to uh, you know, to mine for say. Oh, okay. album, oh yeah. A rap album or
1: something.
2: Yeah, because so,
0: the playing is fantastic.
2: If somebody wanted it, well, and the first thing you do with it, um, whether you're using it for. You know, hip hop beats or, or, yeah. or a dub album is you ditch about two thirds of it, and it would start to be really cool. Which is, you know, if you if you're really listening, there's tons of cool stuff on just about every track. You
1: just got to edit down to it.
2: But it's yeah, exactly. You just got to you really got to you know pay attention. You know, you need you know really good uh, in ear monitors or something. And I don't know. Maybe that was amongst uh, just, David
0: Byrne's role was the big razor blade. Yeah.
1: Well, and you listen to songs on, like, you know, Remain in Light. They go on for quite a while, and they are just one groove. But he was able to keep it interesting, because I think he was part of the process of making the song originally. And I think part of why these don't work is they didn't have the lyricists also playing guitar or keyboard when they recorded the initial jam. So they are not part of the music as well. Well, it's
2: it's possible that just as as a songwriter, David Burns probably, you know, this is just a hypothesis, but just that he's a songwriter when he thinks of licks or grooves or chords or anything like that, like he's also already weaving in the lyrical structure and the singing and things like that. Together and and yeah, he plays a
1: guitar part that he knows where a lyric would fit e- exactly.
2: Around. So they're 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 interactive, they're interwoven. You get the push and pull naturally, even when the song's just a skeleton. I think Chris and Tina kind of put just think of it like music. The lyrics go on top of that, yeah. And while work. that's not wrong, if you do that, if you apply that universally across all your music, it doesn't help keep things exciting.
1: Well, it's like a cake <clears throat> where the frosting doesn't stick on top, it just slides off and then you got two pieces <laughs> yeah. that yeah. are fine by themselves hey, but you can feed the purpose.
2: Some, some people just want a bowl of that frosting. Oh you know? yeah.
1: Well, you know. And I mean, stepping in for David Byrne, those are pretty big suits to fill.
0: Uh, uh, I've been waiting on that. But one. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do um I That's do good. wonder if if this band had stayed a band. Yeah uh you know, have like, been allowed to stay it right that maybe uh right had been allowed to say a band that maybe the second, third, fourth records yeah. they would have started finding their own their own yeah. way well once and, they uh, had
1: a permanent lead singer, I think that would but they clearly a lot.
0: weren't able to develop what they were. I think yeah. they're
2: great, whatever their plan was they're great at at experimenting I mean, and throughout with the talking heads or without the talking head, you know, in the Tom Tom club or even producing and stuff that's one one of the reasons I've always looked up to. Chris and Tina, yeah, and you know Jerry too for being not afraid at all to experiment with stuff that was you know brand brand new or yeah. really old or just really outside of what they're doing, and uh, and I think that's probably what this was. I think they were just trying to experiment in a fun way that you know in a way that they hadn't tried before, and I I think you're right, Matt. If we had like
1: another couple record. more of
2: these, like they might have they might have hit on something. More interesting, but they they definitely through their career you can see them try go through a phase oh yeah and there's ditch the, it almost completely to go on to something very different and I mean
1: there's the Brian Eno years, there's the early punk years there's the, the almost poppy years when they're doing that's you know well, stop making sense and
2: and their track record for pulling it off is pretty damn good
1: I was going to say of the you know, uh, seven or eight albums they recorded none of them are horrible, so
0: yeah yeah yeah, and then there was that what was the baby album? The baby-themed album. I can't remember. There how. was Little Creatures. Little Creatures. That yeah. was it. That, yeah, was, yeah.
1: that was one of my favorites. I know it I doesn't get I thought it was a lot. good album. Yeah. No, like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people rag on their last one, Naked, which was sort of an attempt to go commercial. They had Steve Lillywhite producing. But I, there's some good songs on there. You know, Nothing but Flowers, Mr. Jones. But I mean, all in all... The Bob Dylan tune? It, no. Well, <laughs> it, counting Crows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... So I mean, where does this belong? Does this belong with the Talking Heads? Does this belong with each of the respective artists? Does is it just a?
0: I think it belongs with the Talking Heads. I just think it's it's you know the least successful.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have a mega Talking Heads playlist and you've included like some Tom Tom Club in there as well, and some like Jerry Harrison and David Byrne solo tunes, you could throw these on and it wouldn't stick out. But if it was strictly Talking Heads and you added this album, they would yeah, I think look you're right. a lot worse. I think so you're right, yeah. It's more of a Talking Heads solo album than a Talking Heads album. And
2: if you like the Talking Heads, you should listen to, well, Talking Heads 77, Remain in Light. Uh, the The so. name of the band is, the yeah. live double album is fantastic. Actually, yeah. just...
1: There's not really a bad one. I mean, I know Remain in Light is their most um, critically acclaimed, and that one took me the longest to get into because it is very sterile and dry, and the songs are long. So that one, I think for a starting point, either speaking in tongues or little creatures is a good way to go. Or just watch the movie Stop Making Sense. Yeah,
2: probably the best live concert movie ever.
1: Yeah, maybe not very accurate as a live performance, but it is a great movie. They used to show it at the, uh, the Alamo Draft House like the first Friday of every month. Oh, cool. I think they stopped doing that, but that was fun. I saw that on Start the big doing screen that again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought Hail Hail Rock and Roll was better, but Yeah. I mean yeah. there's there's good, but I'm a guitar player. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey man. Alex Alex we're on uh
1: also, if you're looking for a workout, just that try and mimic badass. Dave Burns' moves through that album. You will be a you will be as skinny as David Byrne by the end of that. Oh yeah, he he is he's not known as a dancer, but I think he has a second calling as that because
0: he's the Mick Jagger of punk rock, <laughs> something like that. New wave. Yeah.
1: Um, do we have any other final thoughts on this?
2: Oh, I forgot to mention we're all wearing uh, skinny ties.
1: Well, of course, and and big suits. Yep. And you may ask yourself. How do I work this? (laughs) So anyway, um, I guess that'll wrap it up. This is Scott Livingston.
0: Logan Renard. Matthew Marr.
1: We are on Twitter at doutliers.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com groups slash detours and outliers. And is always spelled out because ampersands make things confusing for computers. And um, if you want to send us an email, it's at detoursandoutliers at gmail.com. And we have a website and all that. So rate, review, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Anything else we want to plug? No. Good. Good. So uh, that'll do it for us this week when hopefully next week we'll try and figure out who this is.
0: Then suddenly there appeared before me the only one my arms could ever hold I heard someone whisper, please adore me And when I looked, my moon had turned to gold.